If your happy ending is no more joint pain, please try Sierra Sil with a money-back guarantee. It's all-natural joint pain relief that's changed our lives. Sierra, like the mountains, and Sil, like silicon. Go to sierrasil.com. Use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Well, hello. I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. Here we share stories that you've known your entire life. A few that I'm so pleased to introduce to you and even a fable or two. Like this one from Aesop, called The Lion and the Mouse, written especially here for you on Drift. We'll have a bit of breathing and relaxing in a moment, as soon as I thank Envy Pillow for making these Drift stories free to you. I first found Envy Pillow several years ago when I was suffering stress neck pain from my radio career. Envy Pillow is the only certified natural pillow you'll find infused with copper, antimicrobial and collagen boosting copper. Learn more in the morning at Envy Pillow. That's E N V Y Pillow.com and sleep with the best. If you're not quite asleep when this story ends, I'll have some beautiful and restful wave sounds for you to take you off to slumber. But Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll begin here as we like to do with a few moments of relaxation. Whether you're in bed or a chair, perhaps you're traveling and just need that little nudge to take your mind off of everything. Thank you for being here. And that goes for the little people listening too. We're going to start with a deep breath in and out. And as we do it again this time, feel the breath entering your lungs through your nostrils or your mouth. Feel that life-giving air as you breathe in and now out. Okay, now I'll ask you to let your body feel heavy wherever you are. Lower your shoulders, put them down, and let your head feel heavy on your pillow or headrest. And now that your shoulders are doing a little less of the heavy work. Allow your arms and hands to just be limp. Take another deep breath in now. And let that life go right down to your feet. And if you can, just swivel your ankles a bit and then let them rest. Now your calves. Clench and let go. And move up and do the same with your thighs. Let them feel heavy. To your backside now, your back, around to your tummy, and finally, with one last deep breath in, your chest full, and now out, your chest and shoulders and neck all relaxed. Don't forget your face, let it relax too, as you think these words. I am safe, I am loved, I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. So who exactly was Aesop, spelled A-E-S-O-P? Many of us grew up learning famous morality lessons from his short, but to the point, tales. 
but we really know nothing about the man himself. He was, we are told, a slave who is believed to have lived in ancient Greece between 620 and 564 BCE. He was a wise man indeed, and how fortunate we are that his 725 little stories of not-so-common sense have survived through the centuries, so that we too can learn and reflect upon their lessons, as we do with tonight's Drift Sleep Story. Tailored for you here in our own words, it's The Lion and the Mouse. Once upon a time, as they do even to this day in some places, in the deepest, thickest part of the sub-Saharan jungle, there lived all manner of wild animals, big and small, fierce and friendly. One of the larger, fiercer inhabitants is known as the king of the jungle. And of course, we mean the lion. One hot and humid, languid and lazy day, the biggest, meanest and hungriest lion of them all was stretched out. He posed as though leading a yoga class in downward-facing dog, his lean hindquarters high in the air, front paws with razor claws poking out, reaching straight ahead of him. Standing once again, he shook his head, his massive mane letting free all manner of mites and dust, and let out a loud, roaring yawn. Any creature who heard that fearsome sound and laid eyes on the sight of the mighty lion's gaping maw would shudder at the sight of all those teeth, worn with years of violent and tenacious chewing, and died dark in rusty reds and browns. For a change, the lion was not hungry. Well, not at this moment, anyway. Instead, he was weary from a night of feasting and the oppressive heat of the afternoon. The sun peering down in the sky through the thick leaves, boughs, and vines signaled to him that it was time to rest. So the languid lion found the perfect spot, and there he curled up on the flattened grasses. Licking his lips one more time, his twitching ears detecting no cause for concern, he fell into a deep and welcome slumber. On this same steamy afternoon, a small brown mouse had no time to rest. Oh, no. He darted in and out of the jungle greenery, finding a seed here, a fungus there. He would stop only long enough to nibble and to swallow. The mouse had too few hours in a day to do all that he wanted to do. Unlike his nocturnal brothers, this mouse preferred the daylight hours. So much to do, so little time. Hurry, 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 he thought. Perhaps if this mouse had not been in such a rush, he would have been a little more careful about where he was going. But on this day, he had the very bad fortune to be following a trail of tiny berries cast off by a tree far above the jungle floor. As he sniffed and nibbled, he did not notice the massive light brown creature that snored just a few inches from his own 
tiny whiskers. No. Instead, this poor, hapless mouse scampered and scurried right over the creature's large and odiferous tail. He climbed the furry flank and up onto the animal's gently rising and falling back. And then, most careless of all, he skipped through the animal's thick shawl of dark brown matted hair and down the lion's nose. At this, the mighty cat awoke, barely opening his eyes so as not to frighten his prey. The lion focused, rather comically, on the rodent on his nose. Its tiny claws and toes tickled the cat, who, despite his best efforts, sniffed three times loudly, preparing for a sneeze. At this, the mouse started in fear. As he looked into the giant cat's big, dark eyes, he realized just where he was. How could he have been so foolish as to not be aware that he was not just near the most fearsome creature in the world, in his world for sure, for this mouse had not yet met humans, but that he was on the most fearsome creature in the world. Oh dear, must hurry, must get away now. The lion, however, hmm, he had other plans. With a quick shake of his head, he threw the mouse off his nose and down onto the ground in front of the lion's mouth. There, as the mouse tried to regain its bearings, the lion slammed one widely spread paw down, snagging the tiny creature's tail and preventing it from running away. Let me go, Sir Lion, please. But the lion was impervious to such titles as Sir or Your Majesty, for those who are truly great do not need honorifics or flattery. Once again, as he had just before beginning his nap, the lion licked his lips, slowly and with what might have been the hint of a smile, for a light snack in the middle of his rest was not something he had hoped for, but would not turn down either. Are you addressing me, you little vermin? asked the lion with some amusement. You might as well save your words. For now, I'm going to eat you. But, but why? asked the mouse, terror making his voice tremble and sound even higher, squeakier even than usual. <laughs> silly mouse. It's what I do. I am, after all, the king of the jungle. And you shall be my snack. Now, if you don't mind... But I do. I, I most definitely do, cried the mouse. <laughs> you do, do you? chuckled the sleepy lion. And what do you propose to do about it? The lion was amused not only because the mouse was so adamant, but because none of his prey dared even address him. So regal and feared was he. The mere sight of him often put his targets into a state of frozen fear such that flight was near impossible. But not this little rodent. He was chattering away. Well, I, I know. I could make you a promise, said the mouse doing his best to temper his desperation with an air of confidence. 
I, I could help you. At this, the lion's eyes grew wide, and he began to laugh. He chuckled so hard that he almost lost his grip on the mouse's thin pink tail. But still, he held fast, and the rodent remained his prisoner. How on earth could you possibly help me? I have everything I need whenever I need it. I reign in this jungle, and you, <laughs> you aren't even fit for a meal, never mind helping a king. Now, prepare to be eaten. But, but wait, cried the mouse, no longer hiding his desperation. How would it look if you were to eat me, the lowly, worthless mouse, when you could have any creature you choose? Does it not make you look, well, lazy, complacent? Surely a master of all, such as yourself, should have only the finest feasts. Hmm. At this, the lion's eyes narrowed. Had this little vermin insulted him? Then, before anger could overtake him entirely, he took a moment to consider that Sometimes even the weakest and tiniest have value. Perhaps the mouse was not wrong after all, for if his jungle enemies were to learn of his complacency, perhaps they might not respect him as they should, as they must. And the lion decided he would change his mind, because that is what great and wise leaders do before they act. And besides, he really wasn't hungry, after all. After having given this some thought, I have made a decision, said the lion. Of course, this was my idea, and I know you will agree with that, and with the solution I will present. Why, yes, of course, your majesty, said the mouse. Be quiet and listen now, before I change my mind. I shall set you free. But do not disturb me ever again, or I will have you for my snack, as revenge and justice, which none in the jungle would deny me. Do you understand? Oh, I do, I do, cried the mouse, so relieved and grateful that he could easily have shed tiny little tears. Instead, he bowed, as best he could with his tail still pinned, and cleared his throat. <clears throat> Dear king, would you be so kind then as to let me go? I mean, release my tail that I might take my leave of you? <laughs> go then, grunted the lion, and quick as a wink the mouse was gone. The lion laid down his head and went back to sleep. All the events of that day were soon forgotten by the massive cat. The mouse, however, had a scare that left him changed, more circumspect from that day forward. No more running carelessly for him. He would peek out and make sure that all was well and safe before venturing into broad daylight, or even darkness for that matter. He had become not a timid mouse, but a careful one, who always watched where he was going and measured the dangers that might await lest he find himself between the claws of a lion and in a situation where he could not talk himself out of trouble. 
two full moons had passed since their encounter, when yet another memorable event occurred in the short life of the mouse. For that day, there was a terrible commotion in the jungle. It was not a monsoon or a trembling of the earth, both of which the tiny mouse had endured in the past, but a danger of a different kind. Although he did not know it, the mouse was experiencing an encounter with an enemy to all, from the tiniest to the mightiest in the jungle. It was humans, right there in their midst. They had arrived silently, possibly on the river. But once they entered the jungle, the noise was unimaginable. Large blasts were heard. Explosions like a hundred thunderclaps all at once seemed to shake the trees, frightening birds from their perches and terrifying monkeys from their boughs. The mouse, of course, had no idea what was transpiring, but he knew that it could not possibly be good. The cries of animals much larger, stronger, and wiser than he told him as much. He scampered into a hole occupied by another mouse, dug into the base of a vine-covered tree, and together they waited and trembled. At last, as darkness descended upon the jungle, a welcome silence once again also fell. As the mouse carefully poked its whiskered nose and then its entire head out of the hole in the tree that had given him shelter, he listened to the gradual return of the evening sounds, the mournful echoes of birds calling to each other, the musical chirps of crickets and frogs, even the occasional chittering laughter of monkeys. Ah, he sighed, all is well again. But almost as soon as it had passed through his little head, that peaceful thought was suddenly interrupted. What sound was that? From a distance, the mouse detected something he'd never heard before. A rumbling roar, no, more like a moan, rose up into the evening sky. It was a mournful tremor, and the tiny mouse's soft round ears twitched as he tried to discover where it came from. He listened and heard it again and again. Carefully, cautiously as ever, the mouse crept out from under the giant fern that had kept him safe. His curiosity was winning over his fear, and he decided he had to find out just what he was hearing. He scurried from leaf to leaf, sheltering where he could, until he was very close to this sound. It was then that he recognized the voice he heard. It was that of the majestic lion who had trapped him earlier. As he peered out in the darkness, the mouse could not believe his beady little black eyes, for it was indeed the lion, just as he had suspected. But, oh, the lion had become not the captor, but the captured. For there he was, lying on his side, pinned down by a massive net that had somehow entangled him. The mouse crept closer, a little closer, and was close enough that the lion could see him 
standing right near his big, whiskered nose. You, you, said the lion, recognizing him. Have you come to laugh at a falling king? Oh, no, replied the mouse, astounded that the lion even remembered him. I heard your cries in the night, and I came to see what was the matter. The matter, said the king solemnly, is that I have been trapped by the men in our jungle. They have caught me in their net, and when the sun rises, they will come back to take me away, dead or alive. But I suspect the former rather than the latter. You, you mean they plan to kill you? The mouse could not believe his tiny furry ears. For who could ever kill this most noble of beasts, the furious and brave lion who had reigned for all of the mouse's life, and that of his parents and his grandparents as well? Yes, replied the lion quietly. That would appear to be my fate. The mouse sat still for a moment, and then, with a few twitches of his nose, began to scurry around the lion. From head to foot he ran, and then around the backside of the netting, and he ran faster and faster, because he had an idea. And it was too great an idea for a tiny mouse, yet there it was, right in his head. I know how to save you, he cried. The lion harumphed in what sounded like a defeated growl. You save me, that would be a sight. No, I mean it, your majesty. Just as you freed me to run away and live my life, I shall free you to do the same. I do not believe that you can, little mouse, said the lion, sounding, for perhaps the first time in his life, both humbled and defeated. What is it that you think you can do for me? Well, said the mouse, I shall use my sharp little teeth. See? We have hours before the sky turns bright, and until that time I shall chew at this rope. Look here, see? I found a spot where a few strands of the rope have already frayed. Let me go to work and do my best. That is all I could hope for, said the lion with a sigh lowering his head to the jungle floor and closing his eyes. The hours passed slowly in the quiet night, as they do in the warmth and humidity of summers under the moon. But while the nocturnal creatures went about their business and the others slept peacefully in their nests and lairs and dens, the mouse kept his promise. He gnawed and gnawed, not tiring in the least, remembering that he owed the lion for not listening to his instincts and swallowing him whole when last they met. Then the time came when the morning birds awoke and began to sing. In the east a blazing ball crept above the horizon, and the skies began to turn a purplish pink. The lion opened his eyes at the signs of light. This was, he thought, the day he would die. Your Majesty, Your Majesty, squeaked the mouse with excitement. Get up now, for my work is done. What are you saying? 
asked the lion as he stretched out his front paws. Realizing that he could move them fully, he extended his back legs, too. Could it be? Indeed it was. The net was loose. He could move. The lion shook its head and fluffed out its mane, and then stepped through the massive hole the mouse had made in the night. And you did this? he said to the mouse, incredulously. Indeed, sire, I did. You are free to go, just as you once released me. You have now been given your own freedom. And now we are even, small sir, said the lion, gingerly pawing the mouse on its tiny head, before the lion trotted off to his den to rejoin his family. The weight of such a patting gesture was jarring to the mouse. But he was not afraid, for he thought of how the two beasts, one enormous, one seemingly insignificant, had saved each other, and he felt no fear. For they were now friends, and they were indeed even. And they both lived happily ever after or as happily as one might imagine in that mighty jungle, where, as everywhere else, mercy brings its own reward, and no one is too small to be of help. And with that, I wish you a good night and sweet dreams. <laughs>